June 6th, 2018 edition, episode 75, Three Songs Podcast. It's the Belmont Stakes edition. Bob Well, you know what? You know, we've done uh, 75 podcasts, which is somewhat appropriate because they're going to run the 150th Belmont Stakes, so we're halfway there. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know uh, that's called like a sesquicentennial, right? 150 years is it, a sesquicentennial? You're right. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, well, I wonder what 75 is called. I don't know. Um, call it like a diamond three, anniversary if we're married for that long. Three quarter centennial. I don't. I mean, who, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, but Lord uh, knows. I'm Yeah. Well, uh, you know. Good. How long have you been married? How many years? Ten have you years. Been married now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I'm just behind you. Yeah. Yeah, just behind you. I've just had nine. You know, it'd be yeah. ten in February. Yep. With the Whitney and Marie. How's my lady Marie? She's, uh, you know, expecting. She's she's tired. She's not feeling well. She had a migraine. She's got a sore throat, and she's eight months pregnant. So, well, you know, it's nice to know that I'm feeling better than somebody involved with the podcast. <laughs> Only slightly, I would like to add. <laughs> That's right. Well, but her, her excuses are far better than mine. We're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna play a bunch of songs. We're play, playing eight songs because you're doing two and I'm doing two from. Um, some you know from our normal we're doubling it uh and then we're also going to talk uh we're going to talk some belmont stakes horses um, yeah we'll run through the field you know it's appropriately heavy rain tonight and like i can't remember the last time the triple crown was run over three off tracks well it's i think the weather forecast is starting to look a little better for saturday we'll save that well, we... it's going to be nice and cool. I know that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, not like, not like parka cool, but uh, you know, I mean, it's... Rain, rain jacket cool. Like it's been, uh, it was like ninety two before these hailstorms hit here tonight, uh, my friend. Oh, for you? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the forecast well, I right now. Don't care about me. I care about I care about Elmont, New York. It's not it's... far. How many miles from your house? <laughs> I don't know, six, five, something yeah, exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah, it's your neighborhood. They're uh, running the the third leg of the Triple Crown in your neighborhood. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, it's like, and you know what you'll be doing? You'll be busy at home building like pick threes and pick fours, you know, and like hopefully winning thousands of dollars. Well, let's you know, may, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll start with some songs. Yeah. You've got yeah, well, a few. I'll play one of the one of my favorite bands in the world. I love this band. Yeah. Do you ever see them? I never saw them. Oh, I saw them one time in 1991, and I was a big fan in, in the late 80s. Uh, David Berman actually turned me on to them. Uh, one of Columbus, Ohio's finest bands, which is saying a lot, as you know, because oh, yeah. you're a huge fan of Columbus rock, yeah. right? <laughs> and Ohio rock in general. Yeah. Okay. But their first two albums, right? He's Drunk is an amazing album. And I think I'm gonna. What, what am I starting with? Uh, you could do one. One equals one, or you could do I can't relax. Yeah. You pick. Well, let's start with one equals one. That's like a, kind of the perfect perfect lead into the show. Okay, let's let's do it. Then we'll talk. This I think is, we're talking to eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, you have, we haven't even named the band. It's Scrawl. 
Scrawl. Scrawl. Yeah, scrawl, yeah. Sorry, fan. I thought I would have said that by it's now. It's okay. It's okay. Marcy May and... and um, Sue Harsh. Sue yeah, Harsh. That's right. Carolyn O'Leary. Yeah. Yep. Um, this stuff, he's drunk, and, and then I'm going to play I Can't Relax, off, plus also two, two fantastic albums, which are... I know you like to celebrate the obscure. Unfortunately, this band's somewhat obscure. I don't know why. I've never been able to figure it out. Undeservedly so, because they're a great band, um, and this is a great way to start the show. So let's do it. One equals Thank one. You. Yeah. go right into it what do you yeah think? definitely yeah can't relax scroll i can't relax i cannot relax <laughs> you could call yourself the boy with perpetual nervousness right that's me yeah <laughs> all right scroll back to back
Scrawl. Thank you, Bob. Oh, I haven't heard them in a while. Oh man, a huge part of my DJ sets. I can see why. I mean, they were they were a really good band. You know, at the time, they were one of those bands that they they put out a bunch of seven inches and they put out records on labels that you you know trade. They would have been on Rough Trade. Yeah, would have opened for a lot of great bands. Yeah, right. They were always on the periphery. And any band that you were following or any band that you liked, they would often mention them or they were somehow connected to them. But for whatever reason, I don't know why, they never quite broke through. Well, they were perfectly charming. And I saw them play one time in 90 or 91 as part of that CMJ festival at uh, Maxwell's in Hoboken. And they played at like six at night. And it was the most delightful 45 minutes of like, I mean, I, th- I mean, I was, I was hopeful because I love the band and I had those, those two albums and, and I loved every song on them and they played like 15 songs in 45 or 50 minutes. And I was like, wow, like, you know, like I don't even know what I did the rest of the night, you know, obviously, <laughs> but uh, they, they were not to be topped. I mean, I would actually say, like, you know, because that was a big thing in, like, uh, New York, that CMJ festival. Oh, yeah, sure. Back then, and, like, I was just like, you know, that's they're, they're the best live band I've ever seen be a part of that. Well, and... Out of, out of hundreds, out of hundreds. The CMJ festival, I mean, you know, it predated things like South by Southwest and certainly, you know... Pitchfork Festival. Right. Uh, Pitchfork you know. or, or, you know, and even these, these big festivals with you know indie rock bands and you know top well it's one of those things it was like you know there's like 20 clubs involved right yeah you know, like all these indie rock journalists would descend upon new york fanzine writers and like bands from all around the world it was yeah it was huge i never actually went because i was on the west coast and uh, could never uh, this is this is my foreshadowing could never justify the um the, the plane ticket but um but uh you know of course well, I had if a lot you'd of known friends. me back then and you could have stayed in our, in our house for free yeah well you know, you know. it would have been crummy it would have been like in <laughs> on willow avenue in hoboken you know you would have had listened to the early silver juice practices in the background <laughs> would have made a good story i'm sure um but yeah, you know, I, I I had a lot of friends that that were involved. Uh, my good friend Mike Wolf worked for CMJ and was uh, obviously involved in a lot of that stuff and worked for some of the record labels as well. But uh, but yeah, um, Scrawl was the kind of band that you know I always I always enjoyed when I heard, but like for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I don't know. I was I was kind of too dumb. I I think I got them later. I got them too late. You know. Well, thankfully I got them like you know in the in the mid to late '80s, right when they were revving. You know. Yeah. And um, I only got to see them the once, as I mentioned. But wow, I mean, three incredibly powerful women 
like delivering and like uh, their influence is like not direct, but I, I actually see so many bands today with you know men and women involved that are like sort of like scrawl, but like not scrawl. There was a certain purity. Yeah. There was a certain like straightforwardness, like that we had to work course uh, with a lot of bands, and uh, they you know they would just like bang out the songs and there was like joy like a lot of joy in that band but anyway it's nice i mean i love them and like it's always nice to flip through your records and and grab a scrawl record and put it on good way to start the show and i'm glad you started with two and uh i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna uh i'm gonna keep the the same trend going i'm gonna play two in a row um they're also short they're, they're actually two songs from the same 7-inch. So I'm going to basically play the A side and the B side of a 7-inch. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I imagine you flipping that piece of vinyl over in your house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had this record. I played this so many times. It's the kind of record that came out in, like, 94, I think. It's the kind of record that I put on so many different mixtapes. Oh, yeah, you're a mixtape guy, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, it was just one of those things where I got it. I knew almost nothing about it. Uh, it turns out it was um, this guy, Mark Gunderson, um, who who went under the name The Evolution Control Committee. Uh, I think The a, Evolution Control Committee, where are they from? I th- I've, never, I've never heard of them. I think a San Francisco uh, artist, maybe. Um, yeah. And what he would do is he would do a lot of like tape loops and sampling and um, just like splicing together from various sources and often copyright dubiously illegal. Uh, and, and, and this right here is a perfect example. Um, it's from the whipped cream mixes 7-inch, <laughs> um, and you'll, you'll see why. Uh, the whipped cream of course, is referring to Herb Herb Alpert's whipped cream and other delights. So um, this is the dirty dog. You, yeah, this is the a A side of that. Um, This is uh, well, little Herb Alpert music. And uh, I think you'll know um, what the vocals are. Uh, this is a song called Rebel Without a Pause. and uh, Well, I feel like I should bring out Mr. Ghost to Howl at the Storm Sirens. You should. You should. Yeah. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. Uh, we'll do this and then, bring it on. then I'll play the B-side. All right. Enjoy. Hi, this is Janice Whiffen. A&M's first artist and co-founder has done it again. Ever the musical explorer, Herb Alpert, emerges again as an innovator. This time out, he's solo, but still keeps great musical company. The identifiable Alpert trumpet sound is currently all over the dial and will undoubtedly continue to support Herb's musical statements. Herb Alpert. Yes! The rhythm, the rebel. Without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard drama, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time again. D, the enemy, telling you to hear it. They play the music, this time they play the lyrics. Some say no to the album, the show, but much the sound. I made a year ago, I guess you know, you guess I'm just a radical. Not on sabbatical, yes, to make it critical. The only part of your body should be part in two. Pass the power on the hour from the rebel to you. Hey, yo, Chapman, I don't understand this, man. Yo, you got to slow down, man. You're losing it. 
Radio. Suckers never play me on the mix. They just okay me now, knowing they grow. When the clock in my soul is no stinking and drinking. Everything now the brother owns. Huh. My calling card, recording and audit. Supporter of Chessamart, loud and proud. Kicking live, next poor supreme. Loop for truth, bazooka, the scheme. Flavor, a rebel in his own mind. Supporter of my rhyme, designed to scatter a line of suckers who claim I do crime. They're on my time, dig it. Hey, yo, chef, I think we take these shots. Show this is going with me, no man, come on, kick it. Terminator X. My calling card, recording and audit. Supporter of Chessamart, loud and proud. Kicking live, next poet supreme. Loop for truth, bazooka for scheme. Flavor, a rebel in his own mind. Supporter of my rhyme, designed to scatter a line of suckers who claim I do crime. They are my time, dig it. Hey, yo, Chuck, I think we take it short. Sean, this is called Medina, man. Come on, kick it. Terminator X. Have you ever heard that before, Bob? No, I have not. No, I have not. <laughs> uh, well, that's... I was so, so stunned by it. I was expecting it to carry on, and I actually had the mute button on for my comment. No, no I have not. Never heard that. Uh, that's the A side. Uh, you ready for the B side? Sure. Keep it whack. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's carrying on the same theme. Herb Alpert with a little Chuck, <laughs> Chuck D and, and uh, Flava Flav, Public Enemy on top of it. This one's... By the time so this I, guy's just a mixer, like what you know, is he actually like uh, making a musical contribution himself? Um, well, I don't know if he's making a musical contribution on this one. I think so he's like a DJ wizard. He's yeah, yeah. On at least on on these, um, he also did he did a, a seven inch follow up seven inch to this one called uh, "Rocked by Rape," which has Don, uh, Dan Rather from the Nightly News, of course. Yeah, um, of course, yeah. Reading headlines and saying, you know, like he's he's the the main line is sex and drugs and rocked by rape, and then he like cuts it into back in black. Um, Oh my lord! Yeah, it's it's it's, a spinner. It's pretty good. Uh, Anyway, this one's um, along the same lines. Herb Alpert, Public Enemy. By the time I get to Arizona, (laughs) snipey comedy. Overfitting for a king I'm waiting for the time when I can get to Arizona Cause my money is spent On a goddamn ring Neither party is mine That's a jackass or an elephant 20,000 Nicky Nicky brothers in the corner Of the South Lock But they come from California Population is none In the desert and sun With a contractor running things under his thumb Staring hard at the postcards Isn't it odd and unique Seeing your people smile while in the heat 120 degrees Another 
left behind a vote And they can't understand why he the man of singing by the king They don't like it when I decide to make it Wait, I'm waiting for the date For the man who demands respect Cause he was great Come on, I'm on a one mission To get a politician to honor Or here's the time I get to Arizona Had a little skip at the end there Apologize I don't care about that. <laughs> I skip all the time. That's a that's a that's a fun one. A lot of action there, Mike. A lot of action. Yeah, yeah. Some heavy action. Let's um let's pivot. Do you know what this guy's still doing? I don't. Well, I think he's he's probably still around, still making music or or Is he like or, our age kind of thing, late forties. Uh, he's probably older than that, I would guess. Um, you know he. Self-release. So that was stuff. made ninety-four. What's it called again? Go through it again. That was that was from a seven-inch called the Whipped Cream Mixes. On Dude, lab- what's the name of the group? Uh, the Evolution Control Committee. Um, you can call it that. You know, yeah, and, one dude manipulating things. Right. Um, yeah, it's but he's he's done glorious behavior. He's done a lot of he's done a lot of he 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 put out um, an album called like Gunderphonics, which is you know little bit of a play on his name you know it was a little um connected to like the negative land crew yeah um you know so it's it's kind of along those lines uh a lot of almost you know it's it's about copyright infringement but not just to try and make money it's more to well when you when you're little you don't have to worry about that kind of it's thing. it's copyright infringement to make a point so right go for it yeah exactly i don't know about this in this day and age but like back in the early 90s you could do that kind of thing you wouldn't have to worry about a thing yeah unless unless uh, you got sued by you too or unless you were too successful yeah <laughs> unless you got sued by you too like negatively a bit, right but. right Anyways, I'll pivot. I'll pivot for you because we're going to keep playing music. Okay. We'll play some music and I'll then uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, halfway through, pivot. We'll, we'll, we'll pivot to the Belmont. Well, no, I think you should. I think here's what we should do. I think it's a perfect lead in. I think, you know, and I hate to talk about, you know, song order during the program because you're the engineer, but I'll play this song. Okay. And you, you play uh, Abel Tasman's. Okay. And th- then we'll talk about the Belmont. All right. I like it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like. I'm, I'm down. One of, the, one, one of the most accomplished horses running on Belmont, Belmont Day in 10 straight stakes races, starting at like whatever, like 11 in the morning, 10 straight glorious yeah. stakes, stakes races, <laughs> is a Kentucky Oaks winner. That, uh, and one, right. of the, one of the most overlooked and greatest fillies of her gener- generation, Abel Tasman. So, you know, we're not going to talk about her. She's already, she's already spoken for herself. But I'm going to take us to South London. Okay. And I'm going to play a band called Goat Girl, who's current. I think they've eased their way down to uh, Brighton at okay. this point, um, which is like a, you know, it's a seaside sort of cool town. I played, I think we mentioned it before, I played it at the uh, Zap Club way back when. It's come a long way since then. But uh, this is a band that's like part, a big part of that scene now. And it's a band that's favorably mentioned Silver Jews as an influence, which I would never expect from, like, anybody in their young 20s from South London. Right. So it's a huge compliment to something I've, you know, have been a part 
Florida. And this is a, you know, I bought their album. It's your kind of album. It's like 19 songs in 40 minutes kind of album. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This is a song called Cracker Drool off their self-titled album, Goat Girl. Never heard that before. I like. Oh yeah, it. it's a good band. It's a great album. Yeah, no, I'll have to great check album. that out. Um, yeah, it's like this year. This year. Huh. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, Widening my thank musical you. Thank horizon. you for listening. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Anyways, Con- you're gonna like a, you know you're gonna play a, a band that's uh, that we we both love. Well, yeah, and you know, I, I felt like this was you, you. You tipped it off a little. I felt felt like this was a good way of nodding to the Belmont Day, and uh, we're going to talk after this song. We'll go through and talk every horse in the Belmont Stakes, uh, at least for a few lines. Um, yeah, we'll keep it quick, you know. But uh, but one of the one of the band uh, one of the bands one of the one of the horses running on the undercard in the Ogden Phipps on Belmont Stakes Day is, as you said, the Kentucky Oaks winner from last year, and an accomplished horse in her own right, uh, a horse named Abel Tasman, of course, named after 
the explorer. The Dutch explorer. Yeah. The Dutch explorer. Yeah, who found Tasmania. Yep. And New and then, Zealand. And he would have worked his way very dangerously to New Zealand. Right. Of course. Which is... Torrid journey, that. Torrid journey. Yep. So, um, so yeah, Abel Tasman, A-B-E-L was his name. And um, there's famously a New Zealand band, one of uh, one of the, I would say, one of the best and, and perhaps o- most overlooked. Top 10, for sure. Flying Nun. Top three overlooked. Top 10 of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Abel Tasman's were, I mean, just fantastic pop songs very very well written um sung by uh, a guy named graham humphreys i i would assume he wrote most of the songs as well played guitar not to be confused with graham jeffries who is the brother no, peter jeffries another, another another uh flying nun artist um but yeah uh this is from their first album which came out, of course, on Flying Nun, 1986. The album was A Cup of Tea and a Lie Down. And mm. uh, this is this is probably one of their better-known songs, but it's just a perfect pop song uh, with a little bit of bitterness to it called uh, Sour, Cr- Sour Queen. I know you know this one, Bob. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, all right, enjoy. Sit back, three, three minutes and 52 seconds of pure pop bliss. Abel Tasman's. I love you forever My precious and sour queen The birds of the feather Life shouldn't be that clean I gave you all All that I had And you laughed at me But I love you forever my precious and sour queen. Oh, no change in the weather could bring about this extreme. From always to me, there are same things. Sleep, dream, and run to the void. Looking at us. Stuck in the sand Without a care in the world Gonna love you forever Impossible as it seems Love you forever. 
Tasman's. Yeah, the organ makes a song there. You know, th- that is one of those songs that sounds timeless to me. You know, it's it's from 84, 86. Oh, it could have been from 63. Yeah, yeah. right. Or could have been from 2003 or 2018. Or now, could have been yeah. from now, easily. It's, yeah. just, it's just a perfect song. It's well-written, well-sung, well-produced. It's one of those songs that I've heard hundreds of times and i never ever tire of hearing it so cool i'm happy yeah i'm happy you love it so much every time abel tasman runs i think of that band (laughs) yeah you can't you can't not if you're not if you know the abel tasmans you know what i mean (laughs) and more people should know the abel tasmans because yeah great band i don't i don't think the horse did the band any favors unfortunately but that's the way life is that's the way yeah it's all right well, they did. They, I think people, more people, may, maybe like forty more people know about the Dutch Explorer. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, Abel <laughs> Tasman himself with the A B E L. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, let's run through this field. Okay? All right. So the Belmont Stakes is Saturday at six forty-six Eastern time is the post time. It's the eleventh race, Belmont Park, as you mentioned, probably about five miles, eight miles, maybe from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, The weather is supposed to be decent now. It's looking like it's maybe going to be a little overcast and low to mid-70s. Maybe we'll escape the rain. Maybe, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Earlier in this the week, it was looking like rain was going to be likely. Now it's looking a little less likely, like it might be later in the day. Who knows? Uh... I think it's easier to handicap the race than to guess whether or not we're going to get rain. So let's let's dive right into it. The, well, I don't think, you know, if you think about Belmont Park, if you think about, I think like, you know, unless they get heavy rain, I think that surface with all, you know, that sand only improves and tightens with, right. with rain. Right, yeah, and, you know. If, I'd be more worried about if, like, you're, you're, you know, an undercard better about the turf races. Yeah, well, Belmont you know. Park is is 
it's called it's very unique called, it's very called unique the, big the, sandy the big sandy yeah. because the the dirt surface is very sand based and so you know imagine running on a beach um if it's too dry you know uh, well then you don't want that it's Going a mile it's, and a half it's slow and if you're running on sand without much water it's it becomes tiring uh, if you're running on sand with too much water, then, you know, that's no good. But if you're running on sand that has a little bit of uh, water soaked into it, then it's it's you bounce right off of it. So uh, ideal, ideal, ideal so like, looking at it, it's like 75 degrees. We're not looking at a big brown situation. Right. Or it was like 100. Right. You know, which it, which it could easily could be. We've had plenty of that through here. Sure. A lot of hot weather through here. But it's going to be, at least from a temperature perspective, it'll be a beautiful day. I, I So my prediction is the weather is going to be good, and at least for the race. Um, I don't think we'll see a repeat of what we saw on Kentucky Derby Day where it was a Or, I mean, Pimlico was worse. Preakness is worse. Yeah. I mean, well, somehow that, somehow that worse. That too. Uh, I, I think it will be a fast track. I think, you know, Justify uh, will be his first fast track he's seen since the Santa Anita Derby, which, at least on the buyer speed figures, was his fastest race he's run. Uh, so here's my question to you, Bob. Do we have another Triple Crown winner, or do we have to wait at least one more year? Well, I mean, that's a difficult question. Because on paper, he's, you know, the, the the big question mark around him is the one hole. Because he's never really had dirt kicked in his face, has he? Well, right. I mean, in... in so I mean, that's the thing about him. Like, he's he's in the one hole. And... Right, and like, you know, and we've got like, you know, it's a situation, okay? So he's, he, you know, he's he, the most talented horse in the race. He's had two hard races. He's... Continues continues to work lights out, but it, it like, you know, we've got a great jockey here, Mike yep. Smith, who's right. won this race. What did we say, like three times? Yeah, you know, and like obviously he rode at Belmont for years. Like sure. this Belmont experience is without compare in the field, even including the regular jockeys, there, right, right, of of which all are brilliant, by the right. way. Yep, and uh, but I'm saying like, you know the. If, if you're, I think Noble Indy, we'll talk, we'll get to him. Yeah. He's like straight send. Like, I mean, I think they're, I think they're going to try to get in front of him. I, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to him when, you know, a little further in the field. I, I'll say this. I'm saying the start Here's, of the race, I mean, obviously, as they always say in horse racing, you know, the start is an, an incredibly important aspect of the race, despite the fact that, like, one of the greatest Belmont winners. We're playing a lot of glorious ladies on the show tonight. One of the greatest Belmont winners was Rags to Riches in 2007, who overcame a disastrous start and beat Curlin. Right. You know. Right. She was the best horse in the race, and Curlin was second best, and those are two legends. Right. You know? Right. And, of course, Rags to Riches was bred for it out of better than honor, like, you know, a half to Jazzle who'd won the race, and like she was a proper mile and a half horse. But there's nothing in his pedigree that that says that Justify can't handle twelve furlongs. No. And he's fast, and he's got tactical speed. But like the key thing is, cause you never want to be. One thing I remember about Julie Crone winning the Belmont and Colonial Affair 
was that you know you you don't want to be on the rail all the way around that course. And she was in the four path all the way around on Colonial Fair, trained by Flint Schulhofer, Scotty Schulhofer, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, like the the question mark with him is like, if somebody crosses over in front of him and presents him with a difficult trip, then he then that'll be. I mean, he'll really have to prove himself. Unlike you know. American Pharaoh, who just kind of he, he absolutely controlled the race, right? Um, that's the last Triple Crown winner, obviously. I, I, but I, 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 right. He, here, here's my: if he breaks well, I think he controls his own destiny. Okay, then yeah. See, that's the key thing. I, I think the the this race will be won and lost at the break, unless he's. I mean, if he gets off slowly and wins this race. And he's just better than the, these other nine horses. Well, I I think he is. I think all things being equal, so I think he's the best horse. Like a in the lot field. better. Like yeah. a lot better. H- hands down, I think he's the best horse in the field. Uh, you know, coming into oh, the no race, doubt about coming that. out of the race. The concerns are there's a few concerns. The concerns are uh, he's he's only raced five times. This will be his sixth race since February. It's a busy animal, very yeah. busy animal. If if you know, it, he's potentially due for a poor race, and if it is here, um, he's maybe vulnerable. He's also never gone this far, but none of the horses in this field have gone this far. None no, of them will no ever none go of them this ever far will again. again. Right. Uh, so there's that. That is a question. Um, but that said, he's got the tactical speed. I think he's the fastest in the race, and if he breaks it's a, well... It's one of these things, it's a simple thing, because it's one of these things where a horse is one to five, right? He and you want to play against him he as won't a be. better. He won't be one to five. No way. Two to five? No. 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 What I, are you saying? Uh, uh, I, I think he's he'll be... four to five in the morning line. I think he'll be three to five. Okay, three to five. I'll say two to five, but it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Okay. It'll be a heavy odds-on favorite. Right. Okay. And, of, of course, you know, whatever. We're not even going to talk about any of that stuff. Be a heavy favorite. Heavy favorite. And it's like, one of these things like, okay, so we have a heavy favorite, and we're talking about vulnerability and a heavy favorite. Then you got to look down at the rest, and you got to figure out who the hell is going to beat him. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and we'll get to that. So, yeah, my my feeling is, if he breaks well, I think the rail is an advantage because if he breaks well, coming into that first turn, he can cut that corner and then he can make his own trip. He can steer into the three path. He can steer into the tr- three path, and he can right. make his own trip. And I think it's a case where, if they're chasing him, or even if he's, even if there's something crazy and he's sitting second or third. He can see everything that's unfolding in front of him, and these if these inferior horses try and gun it to make him vulnerable, he's got a jockey on him that will see the race unfolding and make the right decisions. I, I'm not guaranteeing it or anything. I mean, I, I would say if you ran this race 100 times, you know, maybe he wins 50 or 60 of them. Okay, what I'm telling you is like you're not this kind of better, but like if if you had to bet a thousand to win on the on the race at three to five, would you bet it? No, oh no, because I'm not that kind of better. Um, oh, but I'm saying if you were that kind of better, I can't even. I mean, that's like saying you know if, if well, there's you, a lot of betters like that. I, there are, 
There's a lot of betters that would like to lock in three to five. Right. Because... And, and win $600 off of a grand to pay yeah. for their day out. It's, um, you know what I mean? It's, it's not the way I think, but... Um, you well, know, I know it's not the way you think, and it's not I, the way I think either. But like I, a lot of people thought that way when Saxon Warrior ran the Epsom Derby the other day, and he finished fourth. Well, I, see, here's the thing: I would say there are better three to five favorites because he's never gone this far before. He's never run on this track before. Um, he's had two hard races, two very hard races yeah, on bad and, tracks. And so, you know, he's not he's not the greatest three to five favorite in the world, but I think he's the best horse in the race and he's by far, in no, my doubt, opinion, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. He's the most likely winner. So if, if you're going to tell me, you know, make a pick, I would put him on top pretty confidently. And then we single him in all your multiple wagers. Cause you're like a, you're a vertical guy. Um, I would, I, we'll get to it. We'll yeah, get to we'll, the we'll, other ones okay. you might play. So Let's, the two horse free chop, Billy. Yep. Who has done well in New York? He's he's run he's a gun run some good races in New York. Saratoga, yeah, as a two year old, and he's long time and ago. he's long time ago. But he's training lights out all of a sudden. He trained well coming into the Kentucky Derby too. Yeah, so I'm saying like he's not the kind of horse that can win the race, but he's the kind of horse that can like pick up the pieces. I'd, I'd use him underneath. If I'm playing a yeah. try and certainly a super. Because he's, he, he's, he's 30 to 1 in the morning line. Right. I think it'll be about 25 to 1. Yeah. And he's a use underneath horse. If he runs second to justify beating nine lengths, that might kick some stuff into high gear. Yep. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you. Do you agree with that? He, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think the, the main appeal for him is he is – a relative rags a belmont winner he's he's a clunker he will he's a, clunk he's a plotter. up he's a plotter he's, he's hey, a yeah, plotter like, you call him you call him clunkers i call him pl- he's plotters. a he's a plotter who will clunk up uh he'll just keep running he's not fast enough but maybe he's fast enough to to pass the horses that are tiring and pick up the pieces he has not really improved as a three-year-old, in my in my opinion. Um, no, he's gone downhill. But like and, you know, he might be sitting on you know it, a, a rare good race. And, and and to me, his biggest appeal is he's he's a price that you could maybe try and sprinkle in underneath. Let's key him in fourth in the supers and start from there. Okay. <laughs> All right, that works. Uh, yeah, Bravazo. What about Bravazo? What a, what a tough son of a gun he is. Yeah. What a, Tough racehorse. He's the kind Ten of horse. starts in. He throws in some bad races. I mean, like his his form is sprinkled with terrible races, including his first lifetime start, his race at Churchill, his race in Louisiana Derby. His Derby race was a good performance, and he really fired a nice shot in the Preakness. So, here's my take on him. Um, I. I if I can believe he's going to be second or third choice, eight to one, you know, even fourth choice, I'd, I'd probably play against him uh, and try and play him out of the verticals. Uh, I don't. I, I think he got he got a setup last race. Chasing, he did, do, didn't he? He did. He yeah, got a, a beautiful setup. Beautiful setup. He may have thanks to good magic. He, thanks to good magic. Right. He may have preferred the track a little bit more than Justify did. Uh, I don't know if he wants to go this far. I don't know. 
you know, I mean, well, it's a mystery. I mean, like, you know, it, it, it the, is the most important thing is if this horse runs this race, then he'll be around, but I don't see it. It's like, yes. Yeah. I don't really see and nobody. It. Nobody turns the screws like D Wade Lucas. I mean, the, we're talking about finishing where ran a tremendous race at Preakness. And then, then he comes back and works him a mile on May 31st, just the other day. Right. So he's trying to stretch him. Like, they're trying to, like... Right. You talk about squeezing the lemon dry. Right. I, 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 I just... I kind of don't see it, personally. I'd say completely throw him out yeah. of the top I'm, three. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, that's me. That's me, because he's going to be, like, kind of a shorty. Right. You know, and I, and I mean that, like... He's not. He's going to be eight to one in the morning line. I think he's going to be around that, you know. Yeah. And I think he's a toss, complete toss. I'm with you. All right, let's move on. Hoff Hoffberg, uh, he's the wise guy horse, nine to two in the morning line, second choice. That's way too low. I agree. Way too low. I agree. I mean, it's crazy. I'm I'm gen- crazy. generally against him. He's another one that's a plotter. He's going to be far back. The Belmont does not really uh, favor. You know, ironically, you'd think it's 12 furlongs. It's the farthest these horses have, have run. You know, you want a horse that can can rally. But I think he's just going to be too far back to even rally. And, and at- well, I'm thinking that, like, people are thinking, like, this is, you know, this year's Birdstone. Yeah. The horse that beats Marty Jones. Uh, okay. Maybe. And, like, despite his pedigree, because he does have a delightful 12 furlong pedigree. If I tap it out of a touch gold mare, you know, but I'm saying like every, and I've watched him rather closely and obviously have a tremendous respect for the connections. Sure. Belmont, sure. Irad Judd, Ortiz, yeah. great Belmont rider. Judmont. I just, Oh, uh, Judmont. I mean, very powerful, you know, but right. I, I just don't think I, I, from what I've seen from this horse, I'm not convinced that he wants anything more that wants wants to go this far no and so, you know arguably his best race was when he was second to audible in the in the florida derby he never threatened audible at all he just kind of ran behind he loomed him. he loomed eh, yeah and but, then he then, then loomed briefly and then he kind of failed yeah yeah and you know i mean he's got one win that maiden win you know he beat a horse that was was easily beaten um in, in the Peter Pan by Blended Citizen, who we'll get to, who I'm not really very high on. I, I just no, me neither. I just don't no, think. I just don't think uh, Hofberg has what it takes. At least, no. If, if you were going to tell me he was nine to one instead of nine to two, maybe, um, or you know, or even twenty to one, then I might then I might be curious about. Yeah, nine to two is nuts. It's. Uh, it's not a lot of people love this horse and I just don't see it. If he beats wrong me, horse, I mean, you know, if, if he I mean, beats like, me at that price, we've so seen the horse. Like if yeah. he was a different horse, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't think he has the scope for 12 furlongs. No. I don't think, you know, no. but anyways, uh, restoring hope is an interesting entrant because Bob Baffert trains him. Right. And he, and he, uh, he taps Florent Giroux. Yeah. Who he's only tapped four times as his rider. Okay, with no wins in the last, and, yeah, in the last two years, right? And I'm thinking, like, I'm not even, I don't even know what's going on here. I mean, this is a talented racehorse. He's been hyped to me for a long time. He was hyped to me as a Derby winner, right? 
Well, so so Florent has ridden for Baffert more than just that. It's four times in the last two years, but prior to that, he he actually won on American Freedom on uh, the Sir Barton uh, 2016. Um, he also won on Beach Bum, uh, who's a first-time starter at Santa Anita on, uh, I think, one of the Breeders' Cup undercards. Um well, he, like, I mean, Florence Drew is a great jockey. He, he, he's a he great, is. a young jockey. He is. Great um, guy, great jockey. And, and, you know, I think I Baffert joked that he entered him here as as, as a rabbit. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I mean, I think he's in there to affect the pace. He can joke all he wants. I don't trust Baffert jokes. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think what it is is it's maybe a little... You mentioned Noble Indy as a horse that's probably going to be going... I don't know if I, I think restoring hope is in here to help keep things honest. And yeah, uh, if, if noble Indy is there to duel with justify, I think restoring hope is maybe there to duel with noble Indy. Um, I, I, you know, pedigree wise giants causeway over tap it. He, he should get, 12 furlongs. I've seen nothing from him in his racing career so far that says he wants 12 furlongs. Right. Interesting horse. And I don't know what to do with him. Um, I would maybe. Complete avoid. No, I wouldn't. The price, the price means that I, I might try and get him in there, but, but I wouldn't be too confident in doing so. Uh, that said, we'll go to number six, Gronkowski, who I think yeah. for, for me is a complete avoid. Uh, complete avoid. Complete avoid in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a horse that I love, you know, I love English racing. Yep. Okay. And um, everything about it. And, you know, <laughs> this horse here, he's, I don't, you know, I know he's training well. I've heard good reports and stuff like that, but like, I'm sorry, folks. You he's, know, if Gronkowski hits the board of the Belmont Stakes this year, it would be insane to me. It would be insane. He's a cut below. I mean, he was like even a cut. And below. the fact that he's 12, if he's fifty to one, I'd toss him. He was a you cut know, but below be like, in in Great Britain. He's he, never beaten a thing. He's a cut. Know. He's a cut below here. And I watched him when the when I watched it live when he won the the yeah. bird at, at yeah. Newcastle. Right. And you know he beat nothing, and it was wasn't even very. Impressive, and of course, he would have been like a fun entrant in the in the Kentucky Derby, which was the target. Yeah, but like no, and like hopefully he'll be stylish, and hopefully he'll take a lot of money because I think he's got no shot. I agree. I agree. What about tenfold? Uh, I like tenfold a little bit. Oh, I like, I like him. Yeah, he's green. He's improving. I like him better than Bravazo. Um, he's lightly yeah. raced. Uh, I think we still haven't seen the best of him. Uh, curling over to lightly bread. Yeah. Um, yeah. he's, he's one I'd be using underneath for sure. Uh, and, and, and maybe even sprinkling in a little on top just in case I'm wrong, you know, in the 40 to 50 times out of the hundred, uh, that justify loses. I think he's, he's going to be winning uh, more than his share of those. Well, yeah, I mean, he's like, uh, yeah, if justify loses, he's like, one of the likely winners. I agree. I agree. Uh, I would say he and and the next one, uh, Vino Rosso. Um, he's the yeah, other same one thing. I like. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I, 
I think what I will do if I play the race. Uh, same, which, same, same, like same exact kind of horse on paper to me. Like potential to do it, potential to pull it off. Well, let's talk about him for a second. So <clears throat> you were there at the uh, the Tampa Bay Derby um, when he finished a dull fourth at two to one behind Quip, who ran in yeah. the Preakness, um, and uh, Flame Away. Flame Away didn't Flame Away. Wasn't he entered in the Derby? I don't know if we could even say. No, he, he ran in the Derby. He well, had a perfect trip, and he was he was sitting about third or fourth down on the rail, and I thought he was going to run a big one, and he copped out. Yeah, that's that was. But I mean, like he that was, was my like, joke. You, any, you, uh, any any horse that ran in the Derby has a big excuse. That was my joke, because I'm not really sure he did much running in the Derby, but you know, Flame Away was there. Um, so anyway, he faced. He was horses. right there at the half mile yeah. pole, and he, he was spat it. You know, he, which like Lord knows if you're get, eating that stuff. Right. Right. You know, if you're eating um, that slop, you'd have quit too. But you were at Tampa, and you said you saw Vino Rosso, and he wasn't rock- walking right. Yeah, but then, like, surprisingly, he bounced out of that, came to New York, and, like, really ran a tremendous race in the wood. Yeah, well, right. So, so you know, he, so let, let's let's talk it through. He's, then he came out of that and ran, ran actually, like, you know, a pretty decent race in the Dece- Derby. A decent race where he, he started slow, but then passed horses, was wide all the way around. He's been working well out of it. If if you're thinking of a horse that's just going to keep running and is maybe drafting in behind Justify, and maybe if Justify falters late, you know, I could see Vin- Vino Rosso passing or at least getting close Um to me, he's the second most likely winner of this race. Definitely, and tenfold's third. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and then, so Noble Indy, so Winker's Noble, off, right? Javier Castellano off. Here's so there's a lot of weird things going on here. Noble Indy is co-owned by Windstar Farm, who is also one of the prominent co-owners of Justify, and Rapoli Stable, who also is the owner of. Vinaroso. Which is, you know, it makes the whole thing very complicated. It does. It really does. This is racing I wish, 2018. You know, I, w- I wish it wasn't that way. Because, yeah. like, uh, you know, because we're thinking about, like, you know, if you win the Triple Crown, you've, like, quintupled your value, even if your value is already $20 million. Right. So so, so you've got you've to try and think, what is it that they're wanting to do? Why is this horse in here? Rapoli, I don't know if you saw the interview, but on Express Bet TV, he came out and said, Noble Indy's going. Noble Indy is going to the league. There's a straight sin. Right. But here's what I don't get. Why does why did they take the blinkers off? Because he because he's faster without blinkers. Really? Yeah. Is he his last two races he had blinkers including well, in the but derby. He's, he's obviously worked without them twice and without the blinkers. I think he's quicker without blinkers. Maybe. First maybe. of all, He's got no chance to finish in the top four. No chance. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, no chance. Out of a, out of a, I mean, out of a storm boot mare. You know, God bless him. Fantastic uh, sprinter. But like, he's he's there to like affect the race. Yeah, he. And he, I don't know about he, owner collusion. I don't know how that works with I don't, these people. I don't either. Um, here, here's here's my my little thing to think about though. The last time uh, Todd Pletcher had a horse where he took the blinkers off coming into the Belmont, um, he, he won the race with Palace Malice. So 
Uh, normally, I don't like equipment changes like blinkers on, blinkers off in big races like this because I see it as a sign of experimenting. Um, but, you know, it's it's a move that's worked for Pletcher. At 30 to 1, he gets Castellano, who's Pletcher's go-to guy. You know, I don't think he's a, a likely winner or anything, but at 30 to 1, I like him a lot more than... Uh, the next one we're going to talk about, who's Blended Citizen, who's, at least on the morning line, half that price. Crazy. Third yeah. at best. No. Third at best. Uh, the nine horse has no chance to hit the board. He's not, Blended Citizen at best finishes third or fourth at best. I I, I will, I will, Noble Indy, uh, I mean, I don't know, Noble Indy may be cooked and walking home. Uh, I, I think Noble Indy at least is more of a threat it, at some point is closer to winning the race than than blended citizen ever is this is a horse who has no early speed he's going to be up against it from the start he has let's well, compare him to free drop billy real quick he's he's never finished in the money on a on a fast track on a fast dirt track uh his last race he won at Belmont in the Peter Pan. He beat a bunch of nothings who would be 30 to 40 to 1 at least in this race. I mean, core beliefs, uh, just whistle, high north, like none well, of I sure horses. would like to own them, any of them. I, I, would, <laughs> I, I would too, you know, yeah. but uh, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, this is. This, I know what you're saying, absolutely. This, yes, this, we don't like him either. No, no, yeah. sorry. Um, so yeah, there you go. I think we're we're uh, this is this we're is actually strange. on the same page. We're we're very which much in which, which must make you very uneasy. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will admit it does. Must make you very uneasy. It does. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, there you go. Maybe the morning queens are on the same page. Yeah. So are we on the podcast? We, like, we rise and on everything. We rise right. and fall together. About something that usually we have something to argue about. That's right. Anyways, I'm gonna. Uh, in, uh, Sarah Mary Chadwick, you played her on the last show, right? I did. Cool, right? Yeah, I like her. Yeah. So, so here's like a album release not too long ago, like okay. about oh maybe two or three weeks ago. Oh, that's really recently. <laughs> yeah, and it's her second album. But, like, uh, this is a pal of mine, Anna Gephardt. She's from Scotia, Nebraska. She lived here in Des Moines for a long time. And she put out a record. It's a limited edition of 500. You can find it on the band camp. The band name is called Anna Libera. And this is off her album Opia. And it's called Plants and Lamps. Keep them all alive. 
Anna Libera. Yeah, Anna Gephardt. Peace to the people from Des Moines. I can see why you mention Sarah Mary Chadwick. Uh, similar, I, I would certainly say. I mean, I like that a lot. And uh, I would also even throw in uh, Kate Bush. She's oh, a huge Kate Bush fan. Yeah. It is huge. It. She'll love that. Thanks. Yeah. 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 I definitely hear, uh, you, you know, I mean, not in a derivative sort of, you know, it's like she's taking it and making it her own. But that was that was very cool. I'll, I'll, I'll certainly check a lot more of her. Oh, out. she can play. She can yeah. play. Yeah. She can sing and she can play and she's, yeah, she's. She's a cool, cool lady. Yep. I um I also like that you brought three bands that are all fronted by women and doing. I'm saluting rags to riches. Yeah. Saluting rags to riches. Go. Yeah. Yeah. The you know, of course. The British who's a forgotten Philly. You know I what love I mean? her. With she's one of my Phillies. We've had. She's one of my favorite Phillies ever. For ah, sure. but, you know, she's forgotten, like, you know, That's, uh, Zenyatta and Rachel Alexandra and Zarkova and Enable and, like, yeah. Trev and, like, all the brilliant Phillies we've had all running. Winks and all the brilliant Phillies we've had running all around the world. The, the, the you know. little dog sitting on the couch not far from me is named yes, Rags. Yeah, Ragsy. Yeah, she's, she's named after Rags to Riches. So. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. new news to me. Yeah. yeah. This show is for rags and rags to riches. That's right, rags and rags to riches. Yeah. So, uh, I like. Okay, this is this is unintended. I I hadn't realized that you were going to play a friend uh, in Anna Gephardt. Well, uh, you told me you're going to play Jack. I'm going to end the show. Made all of our theme songs. I'm going to so end the show with, with Jack. You, you know, this is um this is a song he recorded uh, last year. You'll know at least the first thirty seconds or so because we started yeah, the show with it. Yeah, I look forward to it. that. Yeah, we'll um, start the show again. Well, it's like we're starting the show again, but I'll, I'm going to let it yeah. play. This is this is the rest of that song. Uh, Jack Houston, good buddy of mine from Portland, um, co-owner of Royale Brewing. Jack, if you're listening, ah, Royale, we could, great products. We could, you drink them? Yeah, uh, you know he sent he sent me uh, six beers that I quickly worked through. I could use some more. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Bob, you, you you would be willing to take some beer if Jack were willing to send it. But uh, uh, Jack's a great guy. He's a good musician. Um, and here's a this is I don't even know the name of this one. Uh, he just he just named it the date he recorded, which was um, May eighth, two thousand seventeen. So in, uh, enjoy this but one. Real, real quick interruption. Real quick of interruption. Course. Or maybe I should do it after the song. Have he, you looked at the rest of the card on Belmonte? A little bit. Yeah. Who's you, from right now? Who's your best undercard play? I like uh, promises fulfilled. Been waiting for him to cut back. Uh, I, I like him. That, yeah. I like him at seven furlongs. Um, I think he's super, super. How about Boltoro in the Met Mile? No, complete toss. Yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah. He'll take money. He will. And it's amazing how horses are revived. Like Holy Bull yeah. won the Met Mile after a disastrous uh, Kentucky Derby. Yeah, but he he set the pace in the Derby before tiring. Boltoro was nowhere to be found. Yeah. Well, no, he's sitting a pretty strip and he quit. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, anyways, I think the the best bet on the undercard is in the Justa game, and it's Cambodia, t- trained by Tom Ooh, Proctor. Anyways, like go that. play some Jack. All right, Jack, here you go. Enjoy it. Uh, instrumental, and you'll know the oh, I, Yeah, yeah it, I love this guy. Rock it. Jack Houston, baby. Jack Houston. That's right. Yeah. 
Not three songs, Pod.
<laughs> there you go, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. See you next time on the Three Songs Pod. All right. Thank you, Bob. Whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready. Always you know. a pleasure. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. We'll do it soon. I'll let you know. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, man. All right.